Welcome back, Little Joe's Conservative Corner. I think America's like a sleeping giant, and I think it's beginning to wake up, and I want to help with the awakening so that it survives. All creepily got your friggin' nose all up in everybody's hair. Now, I personally don't like him. I think the guy's a complete moron. Now's the time to stand up for yourself and stand up for what you believe in. You don't go from a bartender to a congresswoman. It's just so dumb. <laughs> Related to the 1619 Project, which I believe is, is deeply inaccurate and misleading. Um, the 1619 Project is close, closely intertwined with a movement that is called critical race theory. Uh, critical race theory, as you know, originated at your and my alma mater at, at the Harvard Law School. Uh, in your understanding, what, what does critical race theory mean? What is it? Senator, my understanding is that critical race theory is um, it is an academic theory that is about the ways in which uh, race interacts with um, various institutions. It doesn't come up in my work as a judge. It's never something that I've uh, studied or relied on, and it wouldn't be something that I would rely on if I was on the Supreme Court. So critical race theory, as you know, has its origins in the critical legal studies movement, which also came from Harvard Law School, from a number of critical legal studies professors, crits as they were known when we were in law school, uh, who are explicitly Marxists. And they find their origins in Marxism, although critical legal studies frames society as a fundamental battle between socioeconomic classes, critical race theory frames all of society as a fundamental and intractable battle uh, between, between the races. It views every conflict as, as a racial conflict. Um, do you think that's an accurate way of viewing society and the world we live in? S Senator, I don't think so. Um, but I've never studied critical race theory and I've never used it. It doesn't come up in the work that I do as a judge. So, so with respect, I, I find that a curious statement uh, because um, you gave a speech in April of 2015 uh, at the University of Chicago in which you described the job you do as a judge, and you said sentencing is just plain interesting because it melds together myriad types of law, criminal law, and of course constitutional law, critical race theory. So you described in a speech to a law school what you were doing as critical race theory, uh, and so I guess I would ask, what, what did you mean by that when you gave that speech? With respect, Senator, um, the quote that you are mentioning there um, was about sentencing policy. It was not about sentencing. Um, I was talking about the policy uh, determinations of bodies like the Sentencing Commission when they look at a laundry list of various academic subjects as they consider what the policy should be. Okay, but, you, but you were vice chair of the Sentencing Commission, so let me ask again, what did you mean by, because that was an official responsibility of yours, what, what did I meant, you mean by what you were doing was critical race? What I meant was that there are a number of, that that uh, slide does not show the entire laundry list of different uh, academic disciplines that I said um, relate to sentencing policy, but none of that relates to what I do as a judge. 
So let me ask you a different question. Is, is critical race theory taught in schools? Is it taught kindergarten through 12th? S Senator, I don't know. I don't think so. I believe it's an academic theory that's at the law school level. Okay. Certainly not the only audio clip that I'm going to play for you today of Mrs. Katanji Brown. She is exactly what you would expect her to be. I, I mean, I don't think it's much of a surprise that the person that they are selecting from the liberal side is going to be an extremely liberal judge that shares the same views and values of the people that are nominating her to be on the Supreme Court. I don't think that you'd be shocked by that either. I wanted to play you a couple of different audio clips of some of the things that she has been saying up to this point. Um, and in the very end, really, all of that, to me, Yes, it is concerning, uh, but it's to be expected. I'll give you what I found most concerning about something she said that, for me at least, I would say would automatically eliminate her as a selection for the Supreme Court. Here's another audio clip about pedophilia. One more thing on this, same idea. You said you were viewing, this is you to the defendant, you were, you were viewing sex acts between children who were not much younger than you. And this whole discussion is about why you're only giving him three months. Judge, he was 18. These kids are eight. I don't see in what sense they're peers. I've got a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a 16-month-old at home. And I live in fear that they will be exposed to, let alone exploited, in this kind of material, I don't understand you saying to him that they're peers and that therefore you were viewing sex acts between children who are not much younger than you and that that's, that's somehow a reason to only give him three months. Help me understand this. Senator, I don't have the record of that entire case. It's amazing. The way people get sentenced, you get somebody that does a white collared crime, like let's say doesn't pay their taxes um, and you'll get three years, 18 months, you'll do five years depending on how bad it is. But then you get somebody who comes up in front of a judge like Mrs. Brown and you have molested or had sexual acts that were between an 18 year old male and an eight year old male and she thinks that they're peers and he only gets three months behind bars oh that's going to really deter him from doing it again and i don't know what the left's uh connection is with pedophilia there is a lot of that that swirls around there's a lot of little whispers about that i mean everybody knows about sleepy creepy he's weird with children there's something wrong with the way that these people view that particular act uh, i don't know why they're accepting of it i know that in some Circles people are talking about they're trying to even push it uh, and you know they have a pretty strong argument depending on who you listen to and what you see that there may be a push to normalize a type of you know, pedophilia. Um, I don't know. Again, concerning but expected from Joe Biden and his cronies. Um, terrible as that is, it continues. The next audio clip you're going to hear is in reference to her defining what a woman is. Here is that one. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? 
Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in okay. this context. So I'm you not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people make arguments, and I look at the right. law and I decide. Well, so I'm not. The fact that you can't give me a straight answer about something as fundamental as what a woman is underscores the dangers of the kind of progressive education that we are hearing about. Just last week, an entire generation of young girls watched as our taxpayer-funded institutions permitted a biological man to compete and beat a biological woman in the NCAA swimming championships. What message do you think this sends to girls who aspire to compete and win in sports at the highest levels? Senator, I'm not sure what message that sends. If, if you're asking me about the legal issues related to it, um, those are topics that are being hotly discussed, as you say, and I, could come to the court. So I'm and not able to. I think it tells our girls that their voices don't matter. I think it tells them that they're second-class citizens and parents want to have a Supreme Court justice who is committed to preserving parental autonomy and protecting our nation's children. So I um, let's move on. I so she can't give you a definition of a woman. I wish Blackburn would have thought of it at the moment and asked her, what is she? Out of curiosity, I would have liked to have seen what her answer to that question would have been. Not to mention... We all remember the only reason that she's being considered in the first place is because Joe Biden only chose around 6% of any judges to select from because he decided he was going to be very specific and he was going to pick a black woman as his nominee for the Supreme Court. So she may be the best black woman that shares their opinion for their selection, but that does not make her the best selection for the Supreme Court. Color and gender do not matter. Something that I think you'll find interesting is that in The Federalist, they have an article out right now that Joe Biden said nobody implied that Ketanji Brown Jackson was nominated because of her race. Biden stated it proudly that he is choosing her because she is a black female. But once again, you know how the left does. Um, they test things out. They see how much you remember, how much you're paying attention, or they just blatantly lie and change the narrative to fit whatever they needed to fit within. So right now, the new narrative is going to be, no, she wasn't chosen because she's a black woman. She was chosen just because she's the best, even though... From the time Joe Biden began campaigning up until she was selected, Joe Biden has consistently said he was going to choose a black female. He was going to be the president, not only nominate, but get a black female judge onto the Supreme Court and make history.
But I do like how they're trying to change the narrative. Uh, I'm doing a lot of audio today. It just is going to catch you up on everything. Here is probably one of your favorite senators because she's just such a peach, challenging what Joe Biden stated so clearly. Here's that audio. Some of my Republican colleagues and public figures have attempted to undermine your qualifications through their pejorative use of the term affirmative action. And they have implied you were solely nominated due to your race and not for other factors. Apparently, some have even claimed that you need to show your LSAT scores to determine whether you are a top legal mind. This is incredibly offensive and condescending. Let me be clear. Your nomination is about, not about filling a quota. It is about time. It's about time that we have a highly qualified, highly accomplished black woman on the Supreme Court. It's about time our highest court better reflects the country it serves. It's about time that black women and girls across the country can finally see themselves who look like them sitting on the highest court, making decisions that will impact their lives. It is exactly about filling a quota, and it is exactly about marking a checkbox on a checklist because that's the way Joe Biden set it up because he said he was going to pick certain people based upon a range of what he deemed to be important for different positions in in his administration, whether it be trans, uh, gay, black, Arab, Chinese, whatever. He set the checklist himself, and he's just trying to mark off each box that he set up to say, hey, look what I did. I did exactly what I told you was going to do, and we are now the most diverse cabinet you've ever seen. Does not make you the most effective or the best cabinet because you're picking people solely based on who or what they are. Does not have anything to do with their qualifications. You're just hitting a checklist. Well, that's the same problem we're having here. She may very well be the best judge out of out of the uh, small group that he's picking from from that share their ideology, as I have previously said. But it does not make her the best overall. Okay, so what do I find most concerning? I don't see any audio or video clips of this, or I would have put that in there as well. She was asked a question pertaining to Roe versus Wade. Uh, Senator Feinstein asked her a question about the uh, about Roe versus Wade and what her opinion of it and of it was and um, would basically would she try to change anything or whatnot. What she ended up saying was that Roe versus Wade, as far as she is concerned, is Supreme Court law. Okay, that right there, to me, is probably one of the most concerning statements that she did make because the courts don't make the laws. Now, I know that that sounds crazy because you guys see it goes to the court and then it's a law, but they don't make laws. Courts decide. On top of the Supreme Court, or any court for that matter, it should say equal justice under the law. These words written above the main entrance of the Supreme Court building express the ultimate responsibility of the Supreme Court of the United States. The court is the highest terminal in the nation for all cases and controversies arising under the Constitution or the laws of the United States. 
As the final arbiter of the law, the court is charged with ensuring the American people the promise of equal justice under the law, thereby also functions as guardians and interpreters of the Constitution. To simplify that, the court does not make laws. They listen to what is presented in front of them and using the guidance of the Constitution make sure that it, from a legal standpoint, is abiding by the rules of our Constitution. I mean, it's pretty simple. And where the complicated part comes in is the panel of people that you have up there that toss around the idea and argue amongst themselves because it's a perceptual thing. It's the way they view the Constitution versus the way the other side views the Constitution, and that's why you can never be sure how they're going to rule on things. People that make laws, those are your legislative bodies. Those are the ones that present construct and create to make your laws and then if the law is challenged that's where it ends up at the supreme court the fact that she thinks that supreme court the supreme court makes any law should automatically eliminate her as a selected candidate because the court does not make laws and to use the court to make laws based upon what your opinion is the court is no longer neutral You know that funny little statue that's standing out in front of the court building? It's of a lady that's got a blindfold on. Yeah, well, if you're making laws from the court, that means nothing anymore. It's supposed to be that the law is blind and that we just follow the Constitution and we don't see sides. We're neutral. That no longer exists. Let's be honest. You have left-leaning and right-leaning judges on the court right now. It's been that way for a very long time, Uh, but... Since the beginning of time, do you think it's been much different? Maybe people were a little bit more moderate back in the days um, in a different time. But since I've been born, you've always had a right side of the court and a left side of the court. And they probably worked together a little nicer in the past. It doesn't seem like they do that very much anymore. But she, Lady, uh, Lady Liberty is no longer blind. Lady Liberty sees it the way that the court is stacked. If it's stacked to the right, you're going to see it mainly to the right. If it's stacked to the left, you're going to see it mainly to the left. But I would say for the most part, the majority of judges up there don't look at it the same way she does. They don't have the same view or opinion that they are making the law there. They're trying to interpret it and probably leaning in uh, the direction of what they are but they're just trying to interpret it as it relates to the Constitution. This lady, if she's going to try to rule up there with an iron fist and thinks that it's okay that she creates law, that should eliminate her because that perverts her entire purpose there because then it certainly, there is no in-between. She's trying to assert power and say it's going to be one way. We're going to make the laws here. You people put together whatever you want on the bottom and we get to decide. That's not the way it's supposed to be. I found that disturbing. It's not surprising, but it is it is disturbing, and I think she should personally be eliminated for that. Chances of her getting nominated are probably almost 
Let's be honest here. Okay, you got a split Senate, and the deciding factor is Kamala Harris. So if every single senator over on the right says no and everyone on the left says yes, Kamala steps in and it's yes. You'd have to have a certain amount of people defect from one side and hope that you hold on to the other side for this to go down any other way. So chances of her being confirmed are almost 100%. It's just going to play out. there. I think the right side right now is just trying to expose what type of a judge she is. I can't say it's surprising if they think that we are fool enough to believe we didn't know that somebody that was going to be extremely radical was being nominated to the Supreme Court with the way that everything's going in the United States today. Look at all the radical policies that are being pushed down our throats right now. If they thought we didn't know that that's what was going to happen, then man, they are really out of touch with reality. Sorry, I was getting going there. All right, another uh, little tidbit that really chapped my khakis. (laughs) Oh, if only I could curse. Uh, Wisconsin County Supervisor wants Pledge of Allegiance and the word prayer removed from board meetings because they are divisive. You're going to like this. Wisconsin, what are you people doing up there? I'm sure you people in the rural area are not real happy with the people that are running your state, but... A Wisconsin County supervisor wants to eliminate the Pledge of Allegiance from the county board meetings, claiming that it is divisive. Heidi, ooh, good Lord, that's an ugly last name, Wegletner, 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 whatever, has proposed removing the pledge as well as the word prayer from the board rules, which are currently undergoing a biannual redraft. The Dane County Board's Executive Committee will consider her proposal at the meeting Thursday, although newly elected supervisors would have the final say following the April 5th election. The Pledge of Allegiance was written for a little bit of history here in August of 1892 by the Minister Francis Bellamy. Um, It was originally published in the Youth's Comparison on September 8th, 1892. Bellamy had hoped that the pledge would be used by citizens in this country. Uh, Weglithner, Wegnitter, whatever, uh, it just doesn't feel like it's appropriate for us to be doing when in a pluralistic society we want to be inclusive and representative. Uh, At the end of the day, I think it's divisive. Uh, Wegler said, Wegler, whatever, said, <laughs> I, I apologize, I am literally terrible with names, um, said that she looked into an area which government bodies recite the pledge at the start of the meetings and found inconsistencies. So, Dane County, Wisconsin, what are you going to do? What says you? You need to call up your local representatives, you need to call up your county Uh, board members and you need to have a little talk with them on the phone saying that they need to leave the word prayer and the pledge allegiance to this United States in. You can see how these people are. They are literally trying to destroy this country. Just like removing statues or not wanting to tell stories of generals from the past from the United States, They're trying to remove history because removing all of your history is the easiest pathway forward to a fascist society. Since you don't know your history, you don't know the mistakes that have been made, you don't know the wars that we have fought to avoid this, it'll be a lot easier to pull the wool over people's eyes and implement that system. 
They also need to take God out of society. The reason they want God out of society is actually two parts. One, because they want to replace it with themselves. They want to be your new God. Secondly, they need to crush your spirits. And one thing that everybody who has God in their heart knows, God is hope. God lets you believe that there is light. You feel that there is someone besides them to turn to. You feel that they are not in power and not in complete control. That there is only one being that is in complete control of your life and that is God. And they can't have that. These are their small attempts at pulling this off. What we must do is stand up, open your mouth, and stand your ground. If you believe in God and you love God, say so. Scream it at the top of your lungs and tell them, you know, you're not taking away my Jesus. Okay, number one. Number two, if you believe in this country, you love this country, you love our country's history. History is never all light. There is plenty of dark in history all over the world. It's not just here. As much as they'd like you to believe we're the most wicked people that have ever walked the planet, there is plenty of wicked stories, probably worse than ours, all around the world. But if you love our country and you love this history, you have to stand up and say so. These are the moments where if you are in Dane County, Wisconsin, you pick the phone up and you start calling these people. You tell your friends and family members. You tell everybody around you that we need to call these people and tell them, don't you dare take the pledge out because this is the United States, Jack, and that's our pledge of the allegiance to our great nation. Got to stand up and fight. We are in that time. The time for silence is long long gone. Now's the time to stand up and stand your ground. We got to do it. Well, this week seems to be moving along pretty quickly. At least it has been for me. Uh, I feel like I've been running with, a ch- with my head cut off, chicken with my head cut off, because I just don't seem to find the time in the day, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I've been all over the place. Um, I'm glad we're getting closer and closer to the end, and I can finally put my feet up a little bit and try to relax. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and review me. It is a great help. Please do that on Apple. Um, if you'd like to follow me, Facebook, Little Joe's Conservative Corner, Rumble, Little Joe's Conservative Corner, YouTube, Little Joe's CC, uh, Clout Hub, Little Joe's CC, Gab or Parlor at The Real Little Joe, Twitter at L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N, and if you'd like to contact me, please go to littlejoecc.com, go to the contact section, send me a message, and believe me, you will get a response. We will do it again tomorrow.